footy is finally underway and I had an absolute blast watching From the Couch. It's Tanisha Stanton here and I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Kennedy and Alicia Newton. Alicia, how good was it to have the footy back? I was on Real Tea. Hello. It's been a while since I've spoken to you. Um, too long. Yeah. It's been too long. I know. We haven't been able to see each other in the office and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, but yes, onto the no. footy. Um, unreal, you know, just to be back. And I don't know about you guys, but I ordered a pizza, I think. Yeah. Might have been Thursday night and Saturday night. <laughs> just, um, I'm, I'm Thursday all the way out. through to Sunday was just, yeah, take out for me. Yeah. How about um, UCK, takeout over the weekend? Yeah, I treated it. It was basically like an origin night, Thursday night for me. It was um, get the pizzas and the beers ready and the, you know, big screen on the couch and the volume up and just get into it. I was just so pumped to have some footy back. And then um, straight away, bang, 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 fast paced and the six agains were right into it and uh, fast and furious mm-hmm. from the get-go. And it's pretty much like that all weekend. So, yeah, I loved every second of it. Love it. Alicia, what did you enjoy most about round three? Well, last week on the podcast, I was a little bit worried about how the new rules would go, but watching it, I don't think it could have gone any better, really. Like, we came up to Monday, we weren't talking about referees, we weren't talking about anything other than how great the quality of footy was being back. So, um, yeah, that's a winner for me. I think a lot of credit goes to... A lot of credit does go to the referees, you know, we're quick to hound them when something's gone wrong, but I think we need to applaud them at this time when, you know, I thought they were great on the weekend, the decisions that they made. Um, my favourite thing about the round was the cutouts, the fan cutouts. I love them. I think I've seen a few um, a few pets on there as well. CK, what was your favourite part? I just like, I mean, I've got to agree with um, what Alicia said. I thought the referees showed us just how well-trained and how competent and how good they are. Um, I I feel like the new rules, we might be in a little bit of a honeymoon period. I think there's probably going to be a, there's got to be a controversy at some point and people, you know, there'll be a a dour game or a controversial call or something. But yeah, I thought everything about it was fantastic. My highlight was sort of just what I said, just that, um, right from the start of that Brisbane Parry game and obviously it ended up the score blew out at the end, um, but it was close for a long way and it was just really, really high intensity footy. I thought there were quite a few players um, from both teams, but particularly from Parramatta that adapted really quickly to the new rules. I thought mm. both halves and both second rowers were really good. Um, Dylan Brown, Shawlane on the left, Mitch Moses, Ryan Madison on the right, just combining that fast, flat, you know, getting mm-hmm. over the advantage line and creating some headaches. And, and we saw that replicated by a few teams. Um, the Roosters, uh, Manly, uh, Canberra were absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, George Williams, just an absolute virtuoso performance yeah. um, to bring apart the, the Melbourne Storm. There were just some, like the, the hiatus we've had and some of the, you know, how dour some of the round one games were to come back after, what was it, nine weeks off and for some teams just yeah. play so well and so quickly, I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Well, do you think that that's what it come down to was, especially the rule change with how quickly teams were able to adapt? Because I know last week, in my expert opinion, I put that, Damian Cook was going to be, you know, he was the one that was really going to thrive off that six gram. But it just seems like the, the the bunnies didn't really adapt as well as, you know, I thought that they might have. Yeah, no, they didn't. I think Damian Cook will probably cut some of the other teams to ribbons with the new rules, but the Roosters just didn't make life easy for South at all. And the, the mm-hmm. forwards didn't get South um, really into the arm wrestle against uh, the Roosters. But I think he'll have a, a lot more good games to come when they, they get some of the weaker teams. 
Yeah, I hope he does. And Alicia, we spoke, we just, Chris just touched on him then. George Williams for the Raiders. I'm all for that. How great is he going to be? Yeah, it's great. And I also like the left-hand, right-hand combination he's got with Jack White and that that seat just seems to complement it um, a lot better. Kind of like when Sam Williams was, was with White last year, obviously, and then you had Aiden Caesar with that left foot. So complementing him, like, they, they both um, complement each other really, really well. Um, but, yeah, George Williams, I mean, we, we haven't seen a whole lot of him, especially if, if a lot of people have never watched Super League. But now that... um. You know, to come off that performance after, you know, an eight-week break, it's, uh, it's a great, great thing to see. And, um, yeah, hopefully he kicks on from here. It's been seamless almost. It's like, you know, he's had a couple of games there and it's like he, he's been there all along. CK, do you reckon he's the missing piece for the Raiders? Yeah, he could be. We haven't really seen anyone from the, the UK come out and play well other than obviously all the forwards. And we've had so many, you know, Yep. the Burgesses and Grahams and Gareth Ellis and yep. Morley and all these guys, but the the backs haven't really um, thrived. Only Widdop, maybe just Gareth, Widdop was good, I guess. yeah, but he probably wasn't. Yeah. Um, he was one of the better halves, but he wasn't, you know, yeah. as dominant as guys like Burgess and Graham have been. But um, Williams, I'm wondering if he might have come out at exactly the right time. I think he might. He's a real live wire, and he might have really come at the right time with these new rules. He's a very eyes up sort of player. He's a run first sort of player. He, he can, you know, he works well with his outside uh, back rowers and it brings them onto the ball as well and, and yeah. creates a few headaches. So it might just be the, you know, the perfect timing for him. I think cool so. Too. Story on, uh... Oh, sorry, I was going to say a cool, cool story on uh, on George. When I was over in England in 2018, we went and toured um, Anfield before they got to play, you know, at Anfield against the Kiwis, and he was just like a little kid, like looking around That's going, oh, my cool. God, I'm in heaven. It was just him. He was the only one that wanted to do the tour because he <laughs> never walked around Anfield. And, yeah, it was like he's – I had no idea. I, I went into that stadium going, where are we? Like, what is this? But he was <laughs> And, and um, yeah, very nice guy. And I asked him then and there if he'd come to the NRL and, and kind of he said he was really interested, but, you know, that, that was only a year ago, a year, year later, and, he, and he's here. So, yeah, he's, um, he's obviously settled in pretty well by the sounds of things in Canberra as well. Yeah, definitely. He was um, up for media through the week and he was saying that someone he watched, you know, all through the ranks was um, Trent Barrett. And when Trent was over there playing, he was actually the ball boy. So he said it's been, yeah, cool to come over here and, like, you know, live out one of his um, childhood dreams. But a few other guys also that, you know, had some great matches. I know for for the Newcastle Knights, Chris Randall, for him to have his debut come on and make, you know, the most tackles um, of anyone that's debut, I think that's a pretty solid effort, CK. I was actually keen to get Alicia's thoughts on all the uh, the Knights players between. (laughs) Of course, Alicia. I'm so sorry. Yes, Alicia. Oh, my God. Alicia's a Knights guru. Uh, How did I just overlook you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was having a heart attack on Sunday afternoon, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> sorry, Yeah, what a debut. I'm sure his shoulders are sore. Poor bugger's been, you know, put in reserves this, like, in the reserves this week. Yeah. So he's probably going to get a rest. But, um, yeah, what a debut. And I touched on in the last podcast um, that, that Chris Randall had had such a different journey compared to, you know, guys that come through the systems. He, he mm-hmm. never played Harold Matz. He never played SG Ball. So... He just played the local comp up in Newcastle and has just kicked on from there. Um, he's one of the fittest at the club, which is a massive, um, I guess, indication into how well he, he did that 71 tackles in like 78 minutes. He was on the field pretty, pretty quick. So, um, yeah, I I'm, I'm, was very happy with the draw. I felt like they could have 
could have won it at the end, but how do you be too too harsh on Bradman Best there at the end? It just didn't didn't mm. go to hand. But um, he should have just dominated and scored himself, I think. But um, yeah, yeah great I game. And I, yeah, but then again, he's eighteen, so you just you know what do you do? You can't fold him yeah. too much. He did score two tries. No, exactly. Game. Yeah, it was. It was. SCK, anyone stand out for you throughout round three? I mean, the main ones are the ones that I've already talked about, the Eels edges and um, and Williams at the Raiders. I mean, the it's you've got to talk about the Roosters a little bit as well because they were winless mm. coming into round three and I wasn't 100% sure if, like, they're fairly structured. Um, wasn't 100% sure if the new rules would suit them. But, um, you know, Boyd Cordner's first game of the year, he, I thought he was tremendous. Um, Luke Keary and James Tedesco just absolutely unbelievable so one of the yeah. three players to make 300 plus run meters for the round so if we were talking about the roosters um dropping off the um the dropping out of the race nice and early i think those fears were proved to be unfounded they're back amongst the um the favorites for the competition so one to watch yeah exactly and we'll move on to some round four chat now and changes let's talk about the changes being made i guess you know first one the dragons they yeah were far from their best over the weekend. Um, CK, what do you make of the changes that they've made this week? Interesting, isn't it? I think Mary probably had to do something. I, I covered that game for Nora.com. I was up at Gosford and they were they were really poor. They um they, they look I think uh, Mary even said that they look like strangers out there in attack. They mm. the, the combination between Hunt and Norman in the halves wasn't working. Um, Cam McInnes tackled his poor little heart out for, I think, 75 tackles and no misses. So it could have been a lot uglier without his effort. But, um, yeah, the, the whole team structure-wise and attack just was completely off the boil. They looked slow and unenthused. Um, it's hard to work out what's going on. I'm sure uh, Mary would love to know what the problem is, but he had to make some changes. So Adam Clune, uh comes in, the 25-year-old um, Apprentice half uh, takes over the seven jersey. Norman goes to fullback. Dufty misses out. A few other changes in the forward pack. Her starts. Corbin Sims has been dropped. Uh, Tyrell Formaono is out of the side, which I didn't think he was the problem, but um, Trent Merrin's back. So probably a bit of a surprise he wasn't there last week. And Isaac Luke also in on the bench. Um, the veteran can add a bit of spark out of dummy half off the bench. So um, if they can't beat the Bulldogs this weekend, mm. um, it's going to be, yes, seriously some, some pressure on the coach there. Yeah, I think so too. Leisha, what do you reckon about Normie at fullback? Yeah, I'm a little bit perplexed by it all. I would have thought, like, Dufty, as much as he did make that error to start with, like, he, he's been one of their more danger plays in the first two weeks of the comp. So, um, yeah, that took me by surprise. I would have definitely had, um, if anyone was going to be dropped, it'd be, it'd be Ben Hunt, at least to, to the bench, you know, something like that mm. mixed it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what do you say really about the Dragons at this point? They've got they've got one of the best squads on paper. You know, they've got they've got a great team, they've got great depth, and just can't can't put it together. Um, I think the bench this week, uh, you got Isaac Luke, Owen Aitken. Um, you know, whether they stick with that, I'm not too sure. Again, yeah. like CK, I don't know what what um you know Tyrell Fumano was was their best player in the first two weeks too. So I don't know um I guess why he's been dropped. So to speak, um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Obviously, Mary's looking for a bit of a reaction out of the players, and as CK said, if they can't do it against the Bulldogs, they probably won't do it at all. So, 
I mean, they've got some some live wire fullbacks in their squad, and Corey Norman is is a good player, but he's always said he doesn't enjoy playing fullback, and his kick returns mm. are nothing that's going to scare any other teams. It's his um, his creative play that is his main threat. So, um, yeah, I don't think Norman at fullback is a, a long term solution by any stretch. If they're going to get rid of um, Dufty from the back, and like you said, Alicia, he's at least added some some spark, even if he's had his ups and downs. Then you may as well just go straight to someone like Tristan Saylor. Mm, I think so too. I think I've, I've, I almost feel a little nervous for Adam Clune being chucked, chuck amongst it for your debut, you know, see what you can come broke up with. Broke his nose at trading think, um, this week apparently too. So. Yeah, a broken nose and he's like, nah, put me in coach. Well, I know, see, um, Adam, um, I used to come through the ranks with Adam at Touch Football, um, New South Wales, um, Oz level. And just seeing his ability, and like that's what I'm actually looking forward to this weekend, is seeing his ability and attack and see if he can provide anything for them there. Um, I remember an under-12s team with um, Adam Clune in it and who else was in it? The likes of Jackson Hastings and Matt Dufty was in that side, uh, Bevan French. Um, so, yeah, I'm really – and Clooney was probably, like, the most lethal attacking player out of the lot back then. So I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him in there, see what he can do for them. Uh, the Titans. Um, no Nathan Peets. Leash. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's that's another interesting um, selection from from Justin Holbrook. Obviously, he's going to change things up, right? Like they've they've lost three on the trot now. Um, yeah. I just look at their bench and I think, wow, that is a bench that you know is very very light on. You've kind of dropped you know Jared Wallace, you've dropped Nathan Peets, and then you've brought in like Bryce Cartwright, um, yeah. which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. For me, but um, yeah, I guess again, you've got to do something to try and change things up. Tyron Roberts at fullback, still, I'm not sure about that either. Whether there's going to be some late changes, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just a bit of a mess, I think, up there. But you know, again, Holbrook's just probably looking for something to, to get a reaction out of his players because nothing seems to be working at this point. Where does it need to come from, CK? Where does this? Who's leading this charge for the Titans? I'm just looking at this team and I'm not sure. Like their best player by leaps and bounds last week was Malaki Fodawaka, who's um, a fantastic player, but he's also very young. Um, you, they've got some leaders out there, you know, Kevin Proctor, um, mm. Jai Arrow. I know he's, you know, leaving the club at the end of the year, but I think leadership's maybe a little bit of an issue. There's been a lot of focus on um, Ash Taylor, but he's also not getting a lot of help. Um, I agree with Alicia. I'm not sure Tyrone Roberts. It's sort of a bit like Corey Norman. He's a creative player, but not so much an outside back. Um, I'm, I'm, the bench, like you said, Alicia, too, is bizarre. There's, a, you know, there's only one prop there, and he's um, barely played any NRL in Jamin Jolliffe. Otherwise, you've got a, a halfback, a second rower who's not much of a defender, and a, a winger who's just come back from a Mormon mission. Like it's a, a very strange looking, fourteen to seventeen. Um, I think a lot of us kind of hope that they're going to go well, but uh, mm. yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see this weekend. The Tigers were pretty good last week against the Sharks. If the um, the Titans start slowly again, it could get could get could get ugly quickly. Yeah, it reminds me a lot what... about. It reminds me a lot of like the Knights in the year, like say 2015, when they really just mm. they had Nathan Brown come in. Sorry, 2016, and just decide to do a bit of a rebuild on the run. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is starting to happen with the Titans. Obviously, we want them to see, we want to see them do well, but yeah. they've got a lot of players there on good money who 
have played Origin, have played a lot of rep footy and just aren't performing week in, week out. So yeah, well, that's, um, that, that's why we're seeing all these young people come in um, and you've just got to give them time. And unfortunately, they don't have enough time. So yeah. yeah. How much time is, you know, do you need? But yeah, I guess we're going to see well, how that pans out this weekend and hopefully they get a better result than they did on the weekend. Uh, games this weekend. Let's look at the game of the round. And CK, mm. you're going to like this one. The Eels B, the Manly Sea Eagles. How do you well, think that's going to play out? Yeah, I was looking at the draw for this week, and that's basically the only game um, where there were two of two of the really impressive teams from last week are actually facing each other. Otherwise, it's, um, you know, we, we've got... Uh, I think the Raiders and the Knights, you know, the Knights are obviously impressive. The Raiders are probably the best team of the weekend. But in terms of the, the really dominant teams from last week, the Eels and the Seagulls are the only ones that face each other. And they're probably fairly similar in terms of they both adapted really quickly to that, um, you know, the fast, flat, one-out style of play um, with just the right amount of sort of eyes-up creativity. So... Um, Eels forward packs really improved the last sort of two years. They're a lot more uh, dominant in the middle, a lot more muscular. Um, you know, we talked about Madison and Lane on the edges and then, you know, Junior Polo playing 50 or 60 straight in the middle. I thought Regan Campbell-Gillard has had his best game since joining the club and probably his best game in, in a fair while. Um, they get Nathan Brown back soonish. Uh, it's not this weekend, but um, he's not too far away. Um, then Manly, obviously, probably the best middle three in the competition at the moment. So um, phenomenal battle in the middle and phenomenal battle out wide. I can't mm. wait to see how this one pans out. Yeah, definitely. Alicia, what do you make of Tommy T and Gutho going at it? Absolute freak. Tommy T, I had him in my fantasy team last week, Same. thank goodness. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, just looking though, the Eels the won their last eight against, oh, sorry, eight of their past ten against Manly, so that's not a it's pretty easy record. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Tommy people are coming out and like comparing Tommy to, to James Tedesco. And I'm like, why are we doing that? You know, they're both just cracking plays in their own right. Mm -hmm. um, what, you know, we've got such a great group of fullbacks at the moment. Let's just all appreciate them for, for who they are individually. But mm -hmm. I just think, can he get any better? He just sets them all up. He scores tries. He defends his line. Like, like there's no tomorrow. Um, but yeah, he, he's obviously the key. And, and, Manly are going to be the big beneficiaries out of no rep footy for me because, you know, we saw how much Jake and Tom and, and Daly were sort of rested and got through their injury battles throughout the year last year, whereas this time around it's just full on, they're straight into it. And, um, yeah, I've, I've always said already this year that they were going to finish on top and I expect them to. I expect them to just pit power in this one as well. Sorry, yeah. CK, not that much, but it should be a great battle. Yeah, I think whoever yeah, I wins think the first team. 10 minutes will win the game, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. CK, what do you make of the, you know, the Eels halves, that combo between Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown, it's just like coming up, you know, I guess, against the likes of, you know, DCE, Dylan Walker, that experience there. What do you make of that? I loved um, I loved each of their games uh, on Thursday night against the Broncos. We we heard afterwards that apparently Mitch Moses has been managing a calf strain and hasn't been able to do a lot of training, and that's kind of helped uh, Dylan, you know, find his voice a little mm. bit. And I thought that was one of his most dominant games in terms of you know calling for the ball a bit more. And um, Sean Lane said through the week that Dylan, while he's confident, he's also 
a bit shy and a bit reluctant to sort of overcall anyone. I think we're starting to see him evolve out of that and that's going to be the making mm-hmm. of him sort of taking that next step. And same token with Mitchell Moses, it kind of used to be, he was such an erratic player. His good games were just 10 out of 10 and destroying teams. And there were just too many bad games where he'd really fall in a heap. And even last year, his best games were the ones where he really ran the ball and you'd see him making a long-range line break and taking the line on. Whereas against Brisbane, and I'm not saying he didn't run the ball, but he if you watch the highlights of that game, there's not a lot of Mitch Moses in it. But he still played really well. He used his outside men well. He, he played a good halfbacks game, a good controlling game, and, and called the shots well. And I think the balance between them was as good as I've probably seen it. So if they can continue to evolve that, the signs are good for the Eels. Yeah, I think so too. And I also wanted to, you know, touch on the Knights and the Raiders game. Alicia, what are you looking forward to? Like, so it was, it was such a gritty effort from them last week. You know, we've got Ponga back. Um, what are you looking forward to seeing from the Knights this weekend? Um, pretty much just if they can back it up. You know, we've seen teams in the past play absolutely brilliantly one week, but then, you know, deliver something quite different the next so you know according to plenty of the players up there the mindset of has changed um with adam o'brien in charge so i guess this is a real test to see just how how far Mm. they have come um you know not necessarily saying they have to win but it's more a case of you know can they really test canberra for you know different periods throughout the game so Mm -hmm. um but yeah as you mentioned stars back um andrew mcculloch is is also going to play which i'm looking forward to that um and yeah, just just the whole just the whole build up to that one should be great. Um, Canberra will have I feel like Canberra have hit their groove right. They're in this this, this purple patch mm. of of form. So um, yeah, it's going to be a big test. I think so too. CK Tim Glassby, he was great for the Knights last week. What has he brought to that side? Yeah, I think it was the. He's not a highlights real player, but it was that sort of form that got him into the Queensland Origin team, just starching up the middle and uh, 100% effort. He's probably not the most mobile player going around, but um, I thought he was one of the real underrated stars for the Knights and that's some, yeah, some starch and some leadership to that pack. But I mean, you know, Saifidi and, and Clamour up the front as well, just a phenomenal platform. They made a, a ton of metres and, and plenty of sting in the carries. So um, good signs for the Knights there as well. Yeah, definitely. We might move on to some late mail. Alicia, would you want to take us through a bit of a casualty ward? Round four? <laughs> round four. We're round four. Sorry about Because we, you know, we had a bit of a break and then we come back and it was like it was round one, but really it was round three and now is round four. Take it away. <laughs> Plenty happening. As we mentioned before, Adam Clune did suffer a broken nose at training this week, but from all reports, he's, he's all good to go. I don't think it's going to affect him too much. Um, John Bateman just uh, missed out on selection this week. I believe he's only a week or two away from from getting back. Connor Watson, six to eight weeks with that shoulder, uh, sorry, not shoulder, ankle injury. I think he has surgery possibly this week. Uh, Jason Tamalolo has bone bruising to the knee, so he'll be another week away with a blow there. For the Cowboys, uh, Jake Turpin's got a bit of an injury with his knee, so he's touch and go, I guess, for the game um, on Thursday night against the Roosters. So that's probably the most latest. I think CK's got a bit of an update on Jazz Tawanga as well, because he's in my yes, first team. Um, 
I was on a on a Zoom with Steve Kearney this afternoon and about 15 other journos, and there was a, a lengthy casualty ward update. Um, Jazz Tavanga's had an additional setback. It's a soft tissue injury. I don't know if that means hamstring or calf or what it is. He wouldn't elaborate on exactly where it was, but it was unrelated to the knee injury that he's currently sidelined with. Um, didn't seem to think that would be a significant long-term problem. Um, he talked about Ignatius Parsi, who, while suspended this week, would have been unavailable anyway, anyway due to a head knock last week. He's only just started HA protocols. She'll be back for round five. Lachlan Burr, who was originally named for round three, then copped a head knock at training, is actually still having symptoms and is still unavailable um, for HIA reasons. So a little bit of a concern there for Lachlan Burr. David Fusatua, who joined the squad late, is still locked in a hotel room in the 14-day quarantine and hasn't been able to do any running. Um, so he's got another week in quarantine and then at least another week on fitness before he's available. So a few weeks away for Fusatua. Um, he does have Poasa Farmasili to play his first game um, after joining from the Roosters on a loan deal. So that's going to help um, their cause. Uh, King Vuni Ayawa, I don't know if I'm saying that right. He copped a head knock last week, but he's uh, fine. Been doing non-contact training, but going through the HA protocols and should be okay. Yeah, and over on to uh, Mitch Pierce, sorry, from the night. He obviously mm -hmm. had that really bad knock, uh, head knock against Penrith. So as far as I know, he's obviously going through that five-day protocol for concussion. Um at the, the earliest he can train is uh, Saturday, so captain's run before Sunday's game. So it's a bit of a wait and see on that one. Yeah, right. And over on the judiciary front, we have uh, well, Victor Radley. He was found not guilty. Trent Robinson said this morning that he was quite confident that he was going to get off that uh, the dangerous throw charge. Um, and Nelson Olafamona. Got it. Um, it's yeah, it has been suspended for a dangerous contact charge. Yeah, Bradley's one of those ones where it kind of looked like under the current rules he might have a problem, but also old school rugby league is just a great low tackle. So it's not the sort of tackle you want to see you guys getting suspended for, but it's just the question mark over how they interpret the current rules. But um, yeah, I thought it was a good hit and, and glad to see him available. Yeah, definitely. Um, simply the best. So that poll yeah. has still been running. Um, as you would have heard last week, CK and Alicia spoke about the prop results um, and the front runners for the hooker position. Those results are going to be up on Thursday for the hookers. But today we're talking about the voting for the coach, the coaches. So this week's on the coaches. Who do you think, CK, who's going to be up there? It's a tough one, isn't it? I think the, the obvious one is probably Wayne Bennett for excellence over just such a long period, what he did with the Broncos in the 90s and just, you know, the longevity and, and to still be coaching at the top level. Uh, a lot of good names on there, but then... Um, you know, the last decade and a half, Craig Bell and what he's been able to do with the Storm and then Trent Robinson the last five years, is even more recent, but probably even more sustained brilliance. I think if I had to pick now, I'd probably go for Bellamy, but certainly those three are absolute standouts amongst a, a strong crop. Yeah, definitely. Alicia, who were some of the other, who were some of the front runners up there? I hate trying to discuss this with CK because he says the perfect first answer and I could never back it up. Like, I would go, yeah, whatever he said, that sounds great. Um, <laughs> it happens all the time. You took all the good ones. Uh, CK, you took all the good ones. Sorry. No, he takes all the good ones and then explains it really, really well. Um, anyway, so, look, I would go from, from that list, Craig Bellamy, 
um, just edging Bennett and Trent Robinson, um, purely because we've seen that many players go down to Melbourne, um, you know, aside from the premiership wins that they've had, but just absolutely flourish. You know, it could be an absolute no-name of a player or a player that you think their careers had, had were long gone and he turned them into a very decent decent um, player in, in the end. So, yeah, I think for what what they can do down there in that system, Craig Bellamy, for me, um, leads that charge. But, yeah, just, just edging Trent Robinson and, and uh, Wayne Bennett. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And CK, there were some guys there also that, you know, that just missed the cut as well. Yeah, well, to round out the top 10, the other guys that you can vote for are Brian Smith, Phil Gould, Michael Hagan, Des Hasler, Michael Maguire, Tim Sheens and Ricky Stewart. And then um, didn't have room in the top 10 for guys like John Lang, Mal Reilly, Paul Green, Steve Folks. So plenty of good names um, to choose from in the top 10 and some good ones also that missed out. Yeah, definitely. And let's, well, there is a lot of pressure, you know, on coaches in the NRL at the moment. Perfect segue into that. Um, I guess, Leash, who for you, who do you think has the most pressure on them at the moment? Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? Like a week has felt like six probably for some of these coaches in that, you yeah. know, suddenly they, they've dropped one game and we're talking about their futures. I know there was two mm. two weeks of footy before all this happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you if you had to toss a coin between Mary and, and Dean Kay at the moment, you'd think it would be Mary purely because of the roster that he's got compared to the Bulldogs. You know, the Bulldogs haven't had their star playmaker either um, in Kieran Foran until this week. So, I mean, and ironically, those two teams are playing each other. <laughs> so it's mm. going to be interesting to see yeah. the fallout for, for both coaches, I guess, um, for whoever doesn't doesn't make it. But, yeah, I mean... It, it's just whether the, the timing's right, you know, whether this pandemic has actually helped the coaches in a way, like spared them um, time or, or um, is, is it inevitable that, that at least one of them, you know, might not see out the year, I'm not too sure. But, that's, um, yeah, definitely that's, those two guys. That's what I think it's, you know, going to come down to. We've had, what, two months out of the game. It's, in a way, it is how did the coaches deal under the circumstances? Because if their players went away and, you know, weren't training as hard as they could have been or, like, that shows on the field and it showed, you know, in some of the results on the weekend, um, you know, and that that sucks. That would suck as a coach coming back and having to, you know, suffer those consequences because your players, um, you know, didn't sort it out under those circumstances. But, like, even for the Knights, like, um, they were doing yoga. I know um, Adam O'Brien was calling the boys up and they were doing like a group yoga thing to keep them in it. Um, CK, who do you think, you know, might be some of the other coaches that are, you know, under pressure? I mean, it's clearly those two. We talk about Justin Holbrook at the yeah. Titans. He's only just got there. He hasn't had a chance to have a say mm. in the roster yet. He'll, um, there's no way he'll be sacked this year. It's clearly those two. And of those two, you know, Dean Pay walked into a giant mess. They've improved since yeah. he's been there. He's hardly had four and he's been extended. I, I think you know, he's probably safe for a while, but you know, Mary's been there a lot longer, um, still hasn't got the results. The players don't really seem to be playing for him, which I talk about losing the dressing room. I don't know if he has or not, if what the players are thinking, but um, for how long he's been there and the roster that he's got to still be having these sort of results. So I think, you know, the knives are out. Yeah, I think so too. And this week, round four, what are we looking forward to at the most? Leisha? Oh, just just back to back footy, another weekend of pizza eating, and uh, you know, just being yeah. able to, I guess, 
um, sit sit down and, and be able to watch the games, you know, in in different light. And mm. I must say, I really do am enjoying this fake fake noise on the TV. It just feels like yes. you're you're in the game. Um, it's made a massive difference. They've um, done a remarkable so, job with it. They have. Yeah, like you could you could tell, you know, if you listen real carefully that it's it's obviously fake, but um mm. but yeah, it's uh, it just kind of adds to the game in a massive way. But yeah, again, going back to the performance like the, the games to watch out for, I think that Knights Raiders game and the Eagles and, and Para are gonna um, you know, highlight it for me. Okay, yes. what are you looking forward to? I, I touched on the Eels Manning game before, and that's probably the game I'm looking forward to the most, but also just seeing how all the teams respond to the new rules. Now they've actually been through a game with the new rules um, and had a, a week to kind of review it and see what happens, to see what teams like you know Brisbane and, and Souths and Melbourne, who were you know good teams that played not great, um, how they actually respond, and if they're able to find a solution and, and bounce back, I think it's um, going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my um, what I loved about last weekend. I'm gonna go with the fans again because um, my dad actually paid twenty two dollars something um, to get our dog on a sign. So I'm gonna be looking out for him in the crowd, and I'm gonna go nuts if I um, if I see him out there. We can talk about. Do you know what stadium um, the dog's gonna be at? Because apparently, once they're in one stadium, they don't move. So you've got to. I don't know. Could you pick a stadium oh. or what? I hope he's at Campbelltown Stadium because he's decked out in Raiders gear. So he's going <laughs> to, yeah. yeah, I hope he's at Campbelltown. But thank you guys for joining me, for joining us. No, thanks, Steve. It was thanks, good. Steve. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Make sure you join Alicia and CK back here next week and enjoy the footy this weekend.